Someone writes, I don't understand why things go so poorly for me. I'm a Christian. I try to do God's will. Yet, so many bad things seem to happen to me. I have so much trouble. Well, my friend, that's not unusual. This is a world of sin in which all of us live. And God did not promise that we would have flowery beds of ease. No, indeed, and when you read in the New Testament about the apostles of the Lord Jesus Christ, and indeed about Christ himself, you read that they were always getting into trouble. Trouble is something that every Christian will have. And trouble is something that every Christian needs to learn how to handle. Now, here was Paul faithfully serving Christ, and yet he ran into trouble. Trouble is not something that God sends only when we're out of his will. It is often something that he sends when we are most uh, earnestly doing his will. And there are various reasons why that trouble comes. So let's try to understand trouble a little bit from the words of Paul, a man who had a lot to do with trouble. In the first chapter of the book of Philippians, and incidentally this letter is written from jail in Rome where Paul was in trouble again, he talks about that imprisonment. You see, the church at Philippi was wondering the same thing. Here was the, the greatest apostle of the New Testament church, and here he is having such a fruitful and wonderful ministry, and all of a sudden, he's shelved. There he is in prison in Rome, uh, no longer able to carry the message about the Mediterranean world no longer to be able to preach those messages which started churches all over that, that uh, area and, and dotted that uh, known inhabited world uh, for Jesus Christ with these little congregations that over the years to come would have so much influence upon it. Why suddenly in the midst of it all is he laid aside? Why this trouble? Well, here's how Paul looked at trouble. Let me read you some of the verses in Philippians 1 beginning with verse 12. Now I want you to know, brethren, that my circumstances have turned out for the greater progress of the gospel, so that my imprisonment in the cause of Christ has become well known throughout the whole Praetorian Guard and to everyone else. And most of the brethren, trusting in the Lord because of my imprisonment, have far more courage to speak the word of God without fear. Some, to be sure, are preaching Christ even from envy and strife, but some also from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am appointed for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition rather than from pure motives, thinking to cause me distress in my imprisonment. What then? Well, only this, that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in this I rejoice. Yes, and I will rejoice. Now, what is it that Paul is saying here? Well, he's raising the issue right away of why God has imprisoned him. And he says, I want you to know, brethren, that this trouble that I'm in has actually come through Jesus Christ. That it's not something that has happened out of God's control. God's in control of everything. God is sovereign over my whole life. God's running the show. This is something that God himself is doing. And do you know why? He has done it for just the opposite reason that you think this has happened. 
You say that this has stopped the progress of the gospel. Not so. These things have happened, he says in verse 12, for the greater progress of the gospel. Now, you see, we don't always understand God's ways. Sometimes when we think things are going very well the way that they're doing, and suddenly a change has to take place, we see that as detrimental to the work of the Lord and can't understand why he brought this into our lives. But he knows why, and we don't always need to know why. And the first thing we need to understand is that all the trouble that comes into our lives, God brings for a purpose. And the purpose always ultimately ends up that it is for the purpose of the furthering of the gospel, for the purpose of honoring his name by the bringing of new converts into the church of Jesus Christ. Now, you may not be the very deepest instrument for that. You may be only one of the cogs in the wheel that will make that happen. But somehow, somewhere, in some way, God is working out the trouble in your life to lead other people to faith in Christ. You with Paul might be able to see how that takes place. You may not be able to see. But look how he analyzed the situation. Here's what Paul said. He said, My imprisonment in the cause of Christ has become well known throughout the whole Praetorian Guard and to everyone else. Now, who were the Praetorian Guard? The Praetorian Guard were those crack troops of Caesar who were assigned to Paul. They were the, the troops that took care of, of Caesar and his own household. And so Paul, with men who were captive audiences to him, who had to stay with him day by day, continued to witness to them. And those men, right there in Caesar's own bodyguard, now were coming to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. And the gospel was filtering into the household of Caesar so that at another time it could be said that there are saints in Caesar's household and the very intimate persons who made up his entourage. So Paul's ministry now was going right to the very heart of the, the emperor's uh, palace. But more than that, some of these very troops who were uh, stationed there in Rome were very soon sent over into Gaul and France and sent up into Britain, uh, which was then populated by Roman armies. And some of these very men probably were the persons who first carried the gospel into France, Gaul, and into parts of Germany and into to Great Britain. And here was Paul through them and through the witness given to them, spreading the gospel much more fully than he himself even could understand. And yet he saw something of that already in the way in which it was beginning to take place. And then secondly, he said that others had waxed bold. Others had become able to step forth now that Paul had uh, been taken off the scene. You know, a lot of people would have depended upon Paul if he were still around to do the job for them. But now that he wasn't, he says that brethren, uh, trusting in the Lord because of my imprisonment, have far more courage to speak the word of God without fear. They see the way that God has guided and led my life, and they too are now willing to speak up. In other words, the progress of the gospel has been furthered in two ways. And you know, there are other people who, when they see you and your life and how you handle the trouble that God brings into your life, will be strengthened in their own witness, who will be strengthened by the way that they live and their life in turn bearing a witness to others. No, no trouble ever comes into your life that can't, in some way or other, even in a small way, not perhaps so dramatically as in Paul's instance, but in some way or other will not influence the progress of the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
So what should you do? Well, you should do what Paul did. Say then, I'm excited. I rejoice. In this, he says, verse 18, I rejoice. Yes, and I will rejoice. Don't let anybody take it away from you. I don't mean some kind of a carefree, oh, well, praise the Lord anyway attitude. Paul acknowledged the seriousness of the problem and the seriousness of the trouble. But at the same time, he also recognized the sovereignty of God's hand in furthering the gospel through it. Trouble comes that God may be honored and that the gospel may be furthered, whether you can see how or not. Believe that and thank God for it and bear up under it and live like a Christian who will be an example to others as well in it. Lord, help those who are in trouble today to see this, whether they see the actual reality of it now or later. For we pray in Christ's name, amen.